This truck has naughty words. Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Before we dive into today's podcast, I just want to take a moment to remind you guys that the 10-Day Money Babe Challenge is open for enrollment. It's pretty much a challenge that is exactly like the title says. It's 10 days, you and me, daily content, and a step-by-step system to help really kickstart your money mindset journey, rewiring your money blueprint and creating a brand new financial reality for you and your family. It's giving you the basics and the foundations of how to actually manifest more wealth as well as unfucking your finances and taking some real world reality steps to actually creating massive change. It is a 10 day challenge. So it is just like a short burst, quick start, foundational shit amazing course that I'm so passionate about. I'm so excited about. And it includes all the usual goodies that I normally send out with my courses. So things like meditations, workbooks, exercises, you get videos, you get daily emails, little midi audio trainings, all the good things, right? It's one of my favorite courses because it's also at one of my favorite price points. It's $111. It has always been that price. It will always be that price. It is super affordable and absolutely any single mum can invest $111 into their financial future. So I'm really, really excited. The results from this 10-day challenge are beyond amazing every single time. So I just want to take the moment before we dive into today's podcast to remind you about that, to share my excitement with you guys about this challenge. And you can find out all the information at www.sexyselfish.com or the link in the show notes. And I look forward to personally welcoming you into the 10-day Money Babe Challenge. So let's dive into today's topic, which is exciting. It's a good one. I am get pretty passionate in this podcast, so <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome to another mini pregnancy vlog, I guess. But today it is a standalone topic because when I was first diagnosed with gestational diabetes, I searched high and low to find anyone who was experiencing gestational diabetes while also having an eating disorder. And I found hardly any advice. No one that I could relate to, no one that I could reach out to for help, no anyone else sharing this journey. So I'm doing this little YouTube video and I'm going to put it out there to the world just so that the next person who gets diagnosed with gestational diabetes and also maybe has some food related demons or body issue demons, I just want you to know that you're not alone and that someone else has been through this too and it sucks and it's going to be hard, but at the end of the day, you'll be okay. So 
I have suffered on and off with eating disorders since I was about eight, to be honest. That's the first diary entry I can find where I'm making notes about being good because I didn't eat any cookies or ice cream that summer and I'm going to be so slim. So at eight years old, that mentality was already firmly introduced. By the way, huge fucking trigger warning. We're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about shit. We're going to be talking about body image. So buckle up. Have your therapist on speed dial if you need. I'm just going to be completely raw and open and honest with you guys. So my eating disorder, I've had two really bad times in my life. The first time when I was about 16, I became professional at not eating. I dropped my weight really, really, really low down to 55 kilos, which for me is massively underweight. Um, and was basically living off Red Bull and Chupa Chups. I was about 16, 55 kilos. Yeah, it got really, really bad. And, you know, went through the therapy process. Um, started to gain weight, not in a healthy way, but put my weight back on. Um, during that time, my periods actually stopped. So I actually was told I would really, really struggle to get pregnant, to ever become a mum because of the damage I had done to my system, to my organs, whatever was happening. So I went on to healthily have two kids. During my second pregnancy, I did calorie restrict which I didn't really even realize until this pregnancy, looking back at last pregnancy that I did. I was on diets. I was very careful about what I was eating. I even did light and easy. I did the fasting five and two diet while I was pregnant. Like how fucking stupid. This pregnancy, sorry, before I got pregnant this third time, which was unexpected, the big indicator for me that my eating disorder was back was early in 2018. I lost my periods again. And for the whole of 2018, I didn't get periods. I, I think I got two partial ones. And that prompted another year of therapy, weekly therapy appointments with an eating disorder specialist, psychologist, dietitians, all of that whiz bang. It also prompted further investigation into working with a gynecologist, working with specialists, hormone treatments, everything and actually got diagnosed with PCOS. So I was being treated for anorexia. I barely ate. I was living on weight loss shakes that were about 95 calories each. I was having about three or 400 calories a day. That's all. No periods, no balanced hormones. Everything was going wrong with my body. And even though I was only living off three or 400 calories a day, I put on nearly 40 kilos in 2018 because of the PCOS, because of the metabolic damage that I had done to my body, because of how screwed up my hormones were. That was probably the most fucked period in my life for my eating disorder. It was really difficult. You can imagine going through treatment for anorexia because you're not eating enough, and yet you are putting on multiple kilos every single week. Even though the doctors and psychologists and dietitians are trying to get you to eat more, you're just ballooning out with all this weight due to the hormone problems. Anyway, January this year, I finally got my diagnosis for PCOS. Actually, I think it was in December. They told me I was infertile because of the PCOS. And that if I wanted to get pregnant again, I'd have to go through IVF. I said, no worries. We're so done having babies and just fully wanted to focus on healing my relationship with food. So I was seeing my therapist really often. I was now finally on some medication for the PCOS, which was helping me balance my hormones. 
Um, and you know, the weight started to come off that I had put on, my body started to de-swell. I had severe edema, which is where like your entire body is just fluid. Um, from the hormone balances, with PCOS, I had acne, I had like hair everywhere all over my face. Um, you know, the depression, everything was so full on. So starting on the medication for PCOS was a lifesaver. Um, it just helped balance everything out with my hormones, my moods, whatever. Anyway. I found out I was pregnant in March, unexpectedly. I threw up orange juice all over Audi. Um, I never like orange juice unless I'm pregnant. I hate orange juice actually, but I'm drinking liters of it every day. Um, that was my first red flag. Second red flag was puking. I never puke. I've tried to be bulimic in the past. I, it's absolutely, I have all the bulimic tendencies. I just can't actually physically make myself throw up. The only times I've thrown up is when I'm pregnant really fucking drunk. So I threw up in Audi when I got a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. I was terrified because I knew my body was going to change all over again. And I was just getting used to my new body. I was just getting used to and embracing and fully loving and spending years in therapy. I was finally coming to terms with who I was outside of the label of skinny out of the, that's outside of the label of someone with an eating disorder or a health and wellness coach, which is actually what I used to be, which is fucking mental. Now I look back at it. But finding out I was pregnant was a total shock. And I was really, really, really morning sick this time. Zero appetite. I mean, I haven't had an appetite since I was a child. Anyway, I really struggled to remember to eat. I have no normal hunger signals, but through the therapy work I've been doing, I've been slowly starting to get some of that back. With the morning sickness kicking in, it all went. I felt so rotten 24-7. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to be pregnant. I was still on the fence with it for a long time, if I'm being really honest. Because I'd done so much over the last few years to protect my mental health, to build it up to a place where I wasn't as depressed anymore, where my anxiety wasn't as bad, where I had a kind of healthy relationship with food. Well, for an average person, probably not. But for me, it was a lot better than I've ever been. I'd spent so much time and effort and money and soul-bearing journey getting to this point, And I felt like all of that was suddenly threatened by being pregnant. We almost lost our baby boy at... I think it was nine weeks or 12 weeks, I had a really big bleed and ended up in hospital. It was terrifying. For two or three days, they told us our baby was gone. And it wasn't until we had a scan that showed up his perfect little heartbeat that we knew that he was okay. It was the most horrific experience of my life. And that's when I realized I really did want to be pregnant. I wanted this baby. I was already so in love with him. Anyway, fast forward a few more weeks. I'm still feeling really shitty. <laughs> And the doctor tells me I need to go have a blood test because of the PCOS. I'm at high risk for gestational diabetes. I've had this test done two times before. I've had two babies before. Both come back absolutely fine. Never gave gestational diabetes a second thought. Literally, it doesn't even cross my mind. So it's just a thing I have to do, this bloody sugar drink that makes me feel disgusting. And I go and do it. But this time it feels different. Last time I drank the drink and just didn't feel anything. This time... When I drank that sugar drink, I felt horrific. 
my heart was beating so fast, my adrenaline was through the roof, but I was also dizzy and fatigued and wanted to sleep and wanted to vomit, and it was the most horrific couple of hours of my life. And then I get a call a couple of days later saying, hey, guess what? You have gestational diabetes. They didn't say much more than that, except for you've got to come down to the hospital, we're going to have an appointment, and you'll find out how to do your sugar testing. And that was it. So I went to Google. Don't go to Google. Just don't. Stay off Dr. Google. And what I read about gestational diabetes, what I read about the new diet that I was going to have to go on with gestational diabetes, made me so fucking angry it was like steam became to came out my ears my husband's like you're shaking you're so angry and i'm like no i am not having gestational diabetes i was in full denial mode i have worked too hard to overcome my eating disorder demons to be now put on a diet to now be told when i can and can't eat no and this is what I, when i went down to my first appointment with the diabetes educator, I fully went like, fuck you. Like, no, this is not happening. You can't do this to me. You, I was mad. I was mad and I was angry. I wasn't disappointed in myself. I wasn't scared for what it meant for my baby. I was fucking mad because I worked so hard to get to the point where I was. And now it felt like everything was being undone. So I went down to this appointment and begrudgingly, I listened about how to take my blood sugars and everything like that. Turns out, once I started talking to the diabetes educator, my problem wasn't going to be what I saw hundreds of women, women having the problems with online. Lots of the women were, you know, diet controlled or they were in a place where they couldn't look at a carb. They couldn't even have a tiny bit of honey on a piece of toast without sending their sugar levels sky high. They were in a place of having to restrict back the amount of food or the carbohydrates they ate. I didn't eat a lot of carbs. I still don't. Like I, It's just something I'm, I don't enjoy, the feeling of it in my body. Um, not that I have a food rule about it, but I just don't particularly like a lot of heavy foods like that. Um, so I was going in thinking they're going to put all these restrictions and rules and times and crap on me. And it was actually the opposite, which was even worse, I think, because I am really fucking good at a diet. I am the queen of food rules, right? You give me a diet, you give me some rules, I can motherfucking stick to that to the point where it's ridiculous. Like, I am so good at it. That's my comfort zone. Give me other rules. Give me the diet. Give me the program. I can do it. Like, that's my comfort zone. I've worked so hard to break out of that and just have an apple if I want to have an apple, have some eggs on toast if I want to have some eggs on toast and live life without those rules, that the thought of having those rules placed back on me again just made me want to throttle everyone within the diabetes world. But I freaked myself out by looking online and seeing all these women with these rules and things in place and they had to test at certain times and it just made me angry. So if you're feeling angry right now, about your diagnosis, you are not alone. And it's okay to feel this way and let yourself fully feel it so that you can process it and then move on to the next step. Don't try and push it down or, or ignore it because that's when it was gonna pop up later and bite you in the ass. I was angry 
And I let them know that I was angry. And I let them know all about my eating disorder history. They didn't have any experience with that. So I really had to advocate for myself and say, these are some of the things that I can work with you on. These I can't. Right? So what happened? I went home with my blood testing kit. I was mad, 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 mad. <laughs> and I tested my sugars for, uh, I think, about three weeks properly. I did it, you know, every four times a day. I tested, I pricked my fingers, I did the blood tests. And what actually came out from that is actually my, my food eating throughout the day testing was perfectly fine. It was my fasting sugars that were the problem. That's the one thing I have no control over. That's the shit that happens while I'm asleep. While I'm asleep at night, my body, my placenta either produces insulin or it doesn't. There is nothing I can do about it. Testing those first couple of weeks took all the joy out of my pregnancy. My entire life became around food, alarms, writing down my food journal, um, testing my blood sugar levels. Was that blood sugar good or bad? Depending on what I ate. So it's someone who's recovered from anorexia's worst nightmare. Instead of going from someone who weighs once a day and obsessively tracks their body to see whether their food choices have been good or bad, now I was obsessively having to track four times a day at least my blood sugar levels to determine if the food that I'd eaten was good or bad. This headband's hurting my head. Off it comes. It was horrific. It is the worst thing for someone with food demons to have to try and navigate, to be told they have to do. Like, we shouldn't be weighing every single day as it is. Trigger warning, huge trigger warning. Because we weigh and then determine if, you know, we've been good or bad. There's this big moral connection to it. Instead of just happening once a day, this is happening four or five times a day. I also told any doctor who tried to get me on a set of scales to fuck off. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Uh, you don't get to track my weight through this pregnancy. I am okay. Or if you desperately need to do this, you will not show me. It will not be written in any file that I can possibly see. I was very firm on this because I went in saying, I have an eating disorder. I work really hard to overcome it and I will not let you fuck this up for me. <laughs> and so it's like, I wrote it in big red across all of my paperwork so that there was no excuse so that people knew, don't try and talk to me about my weight. Don't try and trigger me with your... Um, obesity labels, whatever it is. I'm not obese. I'm a little bit overweight, but I also don't give a fuck, okay? Um, it was funny, a couple of weeks ago, I had a different doctor, and he obviously didn't pay attention. He wrote on my ultrasound forms, because I'm having gross ultrasounds for the baby because of the gestational diabetes. He wrote, like, in, there's a section that says, like, medical reasons for why they're doing it. And he wrote, gestational diabetes, possible preeclampsia, obesity on two forms and I took two forms and right in front of him I scrubbed out the word obesity and wrote fuck off next to it and he looked at me and I'm like no no you don't get to do that do you realize how much one word will fuck me up for months one word get stuffed mate um it was a lovely doctor apart from that and I hope that he's clean twice moving forward anyway gestational diabetes Measuring four times a day after three or four weeks and knowing that no matter what I ate, it didn't affect my sugar levels in a negative way. Um, I basically told the, the doctor, you know, 
and I discussed with her, do I have to keep testing like this? Because this is not good for my mental health. Like physical health is the mental health and the physical health, which one is outweighing more here? And my mental health is more important than tracking that aspect of my physical health. So from 13, what was it, like 17 weeks then, up until now, I'm 34 weeks, I still test my fasting levels every single morning. And one day a week, I do a full day of testing. And that's basically just to let my, just to reaffirm with my doctor that here's what I eat during a day. It's all good. Since working with the dietitian, it's actually been a different dietitian than my eating disorder dietitian. I've had to see a diabetes specific dietitian because it's obviously different fields of speciality, I guess you'd say. Um, seeing a different dietitian, basically it's just eat more, eat more, eat more, eat more, which is not what I'm good at. I am very good at eating fucking nothing. I have no natural hunger signals whatsoever. After years of eating disorder, years of calorie restriction, my body just doesn't even know when it's hungry. It just doesn't do that. So unless I have alarms set, unless I have my husband saying, eat breakfast, unless I have him putting dinner in front of me at night, I just don't eat. It just, my, it's not something my brain goes, oh, you should eat something, Shona. Like it just doesn't happen, which is really, really, tricky when I'm meant to be eating multiple times through the day and adding all these carbs into my diet that I don't normally eat. So I don't want to talk about what I normally eat in a day, but basically I, I eat what I like to eat and what I like to eat doesn't have enough carbohydrates to maintain my blood sugar at a healthy level. So what was happening, my fasting overnight sugars were really, really high. And then my during the day sugars were really, really low because I wasn't eating enough. So I would end up having hypo levels where I'd get really dizzy, feel drunk, my vision would go, I'd pretty much pass out because my blood sugar would be so low. So I kind of like battled with the dietitian and the endocrinologist on it. Like, why am I, I don't, I'm eating well. Like, why do I need to eat more? And they're like, no, everything you eat, you're not having enough carbs. Carbs have always been the devil for me. And if you talk to anyone with PCOS, they'll really struggle around carbs as well. So everything I've had to do with my gestational diabetes to make sure that my baby is healthy, everything, every part of it is completely counterintuitive to what I've known and what's been my life for the last 20 years. Everything. I'm having to add more food in, drink like Milo at night or have yogurt at night before I go to bed, like we, like things that I'm just not comfortable doing. And I've been really resistant and really angry at a lot of people about it, but I realize it's not their fault. They're just trying to do the best for me and my baby. My dietitian and my endocrinologist are the devil. They're just trying to make sure my baby's okay. Um, so the last few weeks I've been a really good girl. I've eaten breakfast, lunch, dinner, my snacks, my supper. I'm adding the piece of toast to my eggs and avocado. I am having the potatoes with my dinner. I am having the milk and the orange juice and all the other things I have to be having. I am eating enough to nourish my baby and to make sure my sugar levels are stable. And it's been good. We've, we've I've managed to turn it around from being at a place where they thought they were gonna to have to deliver him really, really early um, because my blood sugars were so out of control. In the last few weeks, I have managed to get my blood sugars 
in a really, really good place where I'm not having as many lows and my overnight fasting, don't get me wrong, I'm on a shit ton of insulin and medication to get my overnight fasting levels under, but things are starting to balance out. So at 34 weeks, we now look like we'll be able to get to 39 weeks to have my baby. So I'm really, really proud of myself, but it's not been easy. I mean, I have to have alarm set in my phone to remind me to eat food. I have to pack snacks everywhere to go with me. I have to really pay attention to what I'm doing and I'm sitting there at the table and my husband's putting food in front of me and I'm making myself eat it when I really don't want to. Ugh. And it makes me feel like I've done so much work to overcome my eating disorder and a baby growing a life, growing a little human inside me should be enough motivation that should be enough to break the cycles. It should be enough to eat properly. It should be enough to eat often. It should be enough for me to put him above my own shit. But it's not. And I think that's what's broken me the most is my eating disorder is still way stronger than I realized and still ever present but I will get better. I know that once he's born, I will struggle with the way that my body looks. It'll be all soft and leaky and different and the hormone come down is really hard for me. I know I've had that with the other two kids where I get migraines and just, you know, baby blues hit hard. So it's been really important to me to make sure I've got some appointments booked with my therapist I'm touching base with her. Like, I know that that's something I'm going to have to dive straight back into is protecting not only my physical health after having a baby, but my mental health. That's going to be really important as well. And I know that I've come too far and I've worked too hard to get where I am today to, you know, even though I don't eat enough still, I eat way more than I used to. I eat way better my relationship with food and my body is so much healthier than it was and it's going even though I'm not where I should be I've made so much progress from where I was and I'm proud of myself for that so anyway I'm not sure if this video has been super helpful but I just wanted any women out there going through the same thing to know that you're not alone it's okay to feel angry it's okay to feel upset but it's also okay to advocate for yourself and stand up and say my mental health is just as important as my baby's physical health you know that's a conversation that more of us need to have this whole idea of well as long as the baby's happy and healthy everything will be okay and then we wonder why postpartum suicide is so high really mum's mental health should be just as an important topic should be checked up on just as regularly as the babies and I guess that's my closing comment um, if you have any questions or you just want to reach out and have a chat I'll put my email address in below um, yeah I just want to make sure that anyone going through this as well knows that they're not alone um, sometimes that's all we need is to just know that we are not alone anyway Hopefully next time I make a video, I'll have my baby boy here, safe and sound.
If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a little love note by tagging me at sexy underscore selfish. To check out more of the Sexy Selfish podcast or to grab some of my little goodies, head on over to the freebie hub at www.sexyselfish.com. It's totally free and it's jam-packed with hours and hours of content for you. Thank you so much for being here with me today on the Sexy Selfish Show and showing up today to become the best version of you. I'm sure you got so much out of today's episode and I know that I really did as well. If there is someone in your life who would really benefit from hearing this episode and some of the things we shared about, please share it with them right now. It's as easy as just sharing the link and you could literally change someone's life. Remember, it is time to stop delaying your happiness.